0: All right, welcome everybody to the latest MX Vice SMX Review Show, the latest podcast on the MX Vice Network for this week. Thank you all for listening and supporting the site, we really appreciate it. Before we wrap up an excellent round at Ironman to close out the outdoors season, we'd firstly like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, ASU Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, Evenstrokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible, all right, I'm joined by Brad Wheeler for this one, mate. And before we get cracking, just hit us up with that Evenstrokes code, mate, for everybody to get stuck into.
1: Yep, so evenstrokes.com. When you uh got all your lovely items in your uh, car, if you just put in the discount code Brad Wheeler 10 that knocks 10% off anything you've got. So, um, yeah, like Ed said, one of the lovely sponsors that helps keep us doing this podcast. So head on to evenstrokes.com for any and all of your motorcycle needs. Yeah mate,
0: cheers for joining us and how's life? Obviously you are at Foxhill Hill on the weekend, looked like a pretty cool event, lots happening, lots of heavy hitters there including yourself mate, so how was it for you and just in general the weekend?
1: Yeah, so um, pretty much the biggest meeting in in the UK really all year, probably as many people there as you're going to get at the GP in a couple of weeks time. Um, yeah, some big hitters over from America like Osborne, Bowers, Bowers. Um, Kiefer, Steve Mathis, you know there was quite a few people there. Alessio Chiodi turned up. Um, yeah, some big names. Uh, obviously all the Brits are Anderson, Cyril, Pocock. Yeah, all the likes of that. And um, yeah, it was a uh, it was a different vibe to the year before. Um, it kind of seemed a lot more serious than it like the year before. There was a lot more. Uh, a lot more riders in the beer tent enjoying themselves, sort of letting their hair down in '22. Whereas this year it kind of seemed sort of more business, like lights out nine o'clock, we've got a job to do tomorrow type things. Um, which I know in my eyes is not really what the meeting's about. It's kind of it, it kind of like a a place where the riders can sort of chill out, let their hair down, sort of interact with all the other the people that they don't really get to speak to throughout the year. Uh fans can like have a drink with their favourite riders, you know, things like that. But um yeah, I think the the rider the racing was decent. That wasn't quite as good as the year before. Like we had Villa Poto and Brownie on like two pristine Yamaha two fifties and twenty two. And it was just like you just wanted someone to sort of get in amongst it like Anderson or Pocock or whoever. Um, just to try and snatch a win away from them. But this year, it was kind of, after like the first three laps, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that England were going to win it. Browning was not feeling the bike or the track or something was off. Osborne wasn't really uh, sort of up to, up to par. And I spoke to Bowers and he just absolutely hated track. <laughs> he did not enjoy it one bit. Um. Yeah, sort of said to him like, "Do you like the track?" Then he was like, "No, I hate it. It's like so hard." Um. Yes, he was on the five hundred Kawasaki, and I think um. Yeah, he was struggling <laughs> to get the traction down, but um. Yeah, I mean overall, the like looking from the outside in, the the amount spectators there, it was um, it was phenomenal. A lot of big, big crowd. Um. So, yeah, I think. Next year, they, it'll be the same again. There'll be lots of crowd there, but hopefully they can sort of get some more of those big names. Like, obviously, Villapet was meant to do it and sort of injured himself, so he had to pull out. That was a, kind of a big blow to the event. But, um, yeah, hopefully the Americans will sort of come back and try and take the crown back next year. And um, it sort of turned the vibe back around, sort of the Europeans just wanting to, beat the americans (laughs) but um yeah overall good weekend i had some good racing as well so um yeah it was nice sort of a nice long weekend with the family so all good
0: yeah mate they certainly add something different to the calendar don't they obviously had the farley one the week before and people really love these events getting the old bikes out getting some of their former heroes out and just having a bit of fun and a pretty more relaxed sort of environment so any more of those sort of events on the calendar I guess for the rest of the year for you mate or is it just all sort of more serious stuff now back to normal after the couple of weekends we had
1: uh yeah I think um for me uh that's probably the end of the sort of Evo Super Evo racing for the year I've got one more round left of the Bridgestone Championship in a couple of weeks back at Fox Hills uh so that's the last round of that but um yeah people seem to go mad for this Evo Super Evo thing just um Yeah, they're building bikes, and just the money's not really an issue. They'll just worry about that at a later date. Um, Some of the bikes there are just absolutely pristine, just look absolutely phenomenal. Um, So, yeah, fair play to everyone that does put the effort in. And to be fair, fair play to my old man, because he built an absolute mincer of a, a Yamaha 125, looked real trick, and ran really well. So just the rider was a bit of a bit of a pleb in a couple of the races <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah no it was really good and yeah, I forgot to mention Alessio was just absolute dream to watch just yeah you just you look at him walking around the pit it's just like this five foot Italian with dreads thinking what, who's this and then he hops <laughs> on the bike and it's just absolute silk um, so yeah fair play to him he's uh, something special to watch but yeah it was good but yeah I think I think for the Evo season I think that's kind of the, the sort of like the big finish for everyone
0: yeah but it looked like a good bit of fun anyway but yeah back to the Ironman mate How was from your perspective obviously Jet Lawrence going undefeated sort of running out of superlatives to say how good he is now aren't we mate just the speed the skill the talent the mindset the way he manages everything the skill the comfort with the bike it's just all so impressive and Interesting to hear in the press conference he was sort of saying that he wasn't even still at 100%, you know, with Chase chasing him. And, you know, he was putting the pressure on and he was sort of mentioning how he really wanted to push a bit harder than usual to sort of break Chase because that's the only way you can beat him. But, yeah, they were battling again and you could tell Chase wanted to stop the streak as well. But, yeah, some pretty good racing again, mate. But, yeah, he just rose to the occasion once more, didn't he, Jet? And what a brilliant season, mate. He's up there with the legends now and no one can take that away from him, can they?
1: no i mean what can you say about him he's yeah 20 years old um he's yeah 20 years old um yeah um just an unbelievable season the the pressure that he's just under pretty much like people are talking about undefeated from pretty much from round 3 um and whether he says he's is on his mind or not i can guarantee you it was thought about like long before like sort of round six round seven like once you sort of win the first six you're like thinking like I could take this all away um and yeah obviously Chase obviously missed a couple rounds in the middle um which I think probably helped. I think had Chase been there the whole season it might, might have been a slightly different story he might have snatched a couple away but yeah um but yeah, you could just the amount of pressure, especially going into Ironman, like the title's wrapped up. You're twenty and twenty and oh. um, and it's like right there for the taking. But obviously, you still got to go out and execute two 30-minute minute plus two races, and the, just the the pressure on your mind and everything. Like I've I've been in situations much smaller than that, but sort of you go into the last round and you've got to beat so and so to win the overall. And even that is, like, a bit much for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the stress he he must have been under is absolutely phenomenal. And I, at his age, just to handle it and brush it off, just execute two absolutely solid rides, just didn't look phased, one bit, hit all his marks, super smooth. And, yeah, you could see Chase really, really pushing, really, really wanted to <laughs> stop the street. But, yeah, just couldn't make it happen. But, yeah, I think James Stewart said on the broadcast, there's just a few little places where Jet was just smoother. Like, after the Godzilla jump, Chase was sort of making that into two turns rather than Jet was just dubbing one smooth arc and just getting the table down over the hill cleaner. Uh, Jet was clean every lap over the sort of, uh, like the bunny hop over the single before you yeah. go down the really long straight under the tunnel, just pitch perfect every lap. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say about him? Is won five championships in a row. Um, that doesn't happen by accident.
0: <laughs> no, nah, mate, absolutely. It was so impressive. And I guess the start of the season, you look back and with him stepping up full-time onto the 450, obviously we know he was going to be good after what he did at Nations and just what an awesome rider he is on all services and all conditions. But yeah, I guess getting that momentum rolling early sort of set the stage for it. And obviously, you know, it helped not having those guys fully fit and the, a lot of injuries and stuff. But once he got that momentum, there was kind of no stopping he was there, mate? And that was a pretty good point you made about pressure, actually, because, you know, I suppose most people might not perform to absolute best under that kind of pressure. You know, it's not often that mm. pressure is associated with your best. It's usually it's either management mode or it has a negative effect. So that was a pretty good point there, mate. But yeah, I guess that got the ball rolling early, and he just kept the foot on the throat from there, didn't
1: he? Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, like you said, I think if maybe you had like a healthy Tomac and a, a health like a Roxham was doing the full series, and they were there from the word go, it might have been a it might have been a different series. And but I still think Jet <clears throat> would have come out. victorious in the end but um yeah undefeated. who who knows but yeah I think it it takes a special person to sort of thrive in um those pressure situations like you you see it with uh like Cooper Webber's another one like when he's under under the gun and he's got to perform is usually when you see him at his best um whereas it seems like uh, like Joe Shimoda for example when he's in that pressure situation it sort of doesn't he doesn't seem to ride at his best rides a little bit tight a bit tentative. Um, but yeah I mean it's not uncommon at all it's a very it's a very special person to yeah sort of live off of those um high pressure situations and um, you can see what it meant to him like you see all the videos of Jet on Instagram having a laugh playing golf out on the boat or whatever, but yeah, you can you see how much he wants to win when um when he crossed that line, that was um that was a big big deal for him to do that. I think,
0: yeah, mate, special time for him and his family, and obviously his brother wrapping it up too, which we'll touch on later. But it's kind of depressing and a bit demoralizing for his competitors, I guess, in that four fifty class for the next decade plus. You know, A one's going to be pretty amazing with you know Barsha, Rocks, and Tomac sexton anderson ac ap dean wilson bloss craig mookie colt nichols like it's going to be crazy the level in a1 it's going to be ridiculous and those 250 classes will be so competitive as well obviously with hunter going into the 450 we assume so should be some pretty amazing racing in all classes especially the 250 will be just you know who can pick that it'll just be all over the shop but yeah just looking ahead to that it's kind of Who's going to beat Jet? I guess Supercross is a little bit of a different animal, but it's going to be pretty sort of hard to stop him from the next decade. Him Sexton and obviously those other guys are retiring and then someone like Deegan will be stepping up. But yeah, he's looking like a formidable force for many more years to come, isn't he?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, like you said, Supercross is a different animal. Uh, we've seen it sort of time and time again. Someone like Frandis or Osborne was sort of, comes alive in the outdoors, has really good rides, comes through the park, overtaking like real strong rides and then it sort of gets to Supercross and it just doesn't seem to happen. Um, I don't think that's going to happen to Jet. What um, like we've seen is that, <clears throat> obviously we've seen his, how good he is at Supercross. Um, it's the same sort of thing. He just hits his mark. He's super smooth, um, which lends itself to the 450. And, Obviously with Chase switching teams to KTM, Tomac coming off the injury. Um, I feel like it's those three are sort of on the, that sort of puts those three on a level play, like a level peg in for the number one spot going into A1. Um, if Chase was staying Honda, I think he'd probably be the favorite. Or if Tomac hadn't injured himself, maybe he would have been the favorite. But yeah, as it is with Tomac and the injury, sex and switching teams, jet sort of first year. 450 Supercross, I think they're they're neck and neck for that number one spot. And then I think it's sort of you've got like Roxon Anderson um, and sort of the next group down, Barsha people like that. But yeah, like you said, there's a long list of 250 champions, past champions like Webb is moving to star Yamaha, like where he's had a lot of his success in the 250. Um, Yeah. Craig be back healthy, Mookie be back healthy, um, yeah, Colt be on the factory. Beta, or beta. it's gonna be brutal to make main you events, isn't say it? it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, it's yeah, like, it's gonna be some people sitting in that LCQ thinking, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah, and I feel like if you're if you're like the likes of Kate Clayson or Kevin Morans, you're like, holy shit, I'm. Even for a roughy (laughs) area
0: yeah absolutely mate that'll be interesting and just before we get back to the more of the racing just the motocross the nations team for the usa obviously got delayed they're expecting it to be Mm -hmm. announced in some ways but yeah obviously there's just so much uncertainty about who's available and who's doing what obviously sexton there's talk of him doing it on a ktm which would be you know very underprepared situation but i'm sure he could handle it but and then even whether he goes or not and then whether deegan goes or not and then you know there's a lot of talk about Barcia not being available to go, and obviously the Kawasaki yeah. guys. That's not happening. So, you know, I guess they're hoping for a Sexton, Deegan, and AP team. But you never know if that doesn't happen. I guess RJ is probably next on the list, and Kitchen and and Webb. Is that what you're thinking at the moment, mate? That's sort of a situation they're in. Yeah, isn't it? I
1: think. <clears throat> yeah, I think if you had if you had Chase like on the Honda and Deegan and AP, then you have got yourself a tasty little team there, which if things sort of fall the right way, you could end up on top of the box again. But um, as it stands, yeah, from what I've heard, if Chase goes, it'll be on a KTM, um, which is still probably a, the best option you've got if he if he's willing to go, even if it is on a KTM that he's only ridden for a couple of weeks. You've still got Chase Sexton. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, if he goes on a KTM like, the worst he's going to do is probably, like, a tenth. If he goes on a Honda, the worst he's going to do is probably, like, a fifth. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, from what I've heard, Deegan's sort of said that he's out. Um, like, it's been a long season, which it has, like, for a rookie season. It's, like, the, all the outdoors, the, the seven or eight rounds of the Supercross. It is a lot. Um. You know, I just don't like the uh <clears throat> the whole thing on the podium at Washugo about all the Americans bollocks, which did isn't I don't mind like if you yeah like it's great to have an American up here, but then like when your country needs you to step up and strap on a pair, you're like, uh nah, it's been a long year <laughs> like well <clears throat> not that American then are you um yeah, so that's a bit bit cheap in my opinion, but yeah, I think um yeah I for heard AP's a lock. Um I think yeah, it's gonna be a bit of a B slash C team. Yeah, not really. They should yet, still have really they'll do.
0: have enough in the bank to sort of, you know, challenge for the win at least. You know, France is obviously gonna be awesome. Australia <laughs> should be excellent you know even teams like Germany Italy Spain they're all got lots Mm. of quality riders so even Canada's got an underrated team but you know that AP is going to be giving it his all mate he'll be flying the flag oh yeah I mean it's
1: in October we could there could be some rain um yeah so yeah no I don't think you can rule AP out um sort of he'll carry that flag right the way to the end he'll die for it so yeah I think um Same with RJ, both of them just desperate, just love to want to ride for their country, do anything. Um, Be interesting to see, yeah. If RJ's on the four fifty or the two fifty, and yeah, I think he probably ends up on the four fifty, and yeah, someone like Kitchen maybe. Um, What
0: about Cooper Webb uh, on the two fifty? They were talking as well. yeah,
1: that's happening. Yeah, Cooper Webb definitely in the would definitely be um, a good shout, two fifty or four fifty. Yeah, I think whoever takes on two fifty needs to be a good starter. Yeah. Um whatever that is. As is I think earnings tight, it's um not easy to pass. I don't it's not I don't think it's an overly demanding track. Um but to be honest, I think if you were if you were forced to take a two fifty rider, um where if you couldn't take if RJ was gonna ride a four fifty, I would take a rider a D. Just it starts have been no, it's, it's too inconsistent, and he yeah, doesn't. Yeah, I suppose impact. his
0: high is really good, but his low is not so yeah. good. But he's he's pretty good at those ruts too, so he might be good with those long legs and his technique to maybe yeah. handle that a bit better. But Ryder D just drops back, which is I it, know, yeah, it this up not it? It's tough, yeah. Isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is why I'm sort of like, it's not, it's not going to be hot. It isn't going to be. It doesn't get mega rough. It's not an overly demanding track. He could get a a, a good start, which is. Done numerous times this year. Uh and if he starts like sixth and then gets overtaken by seven or eight people by the end of the race, he's still gonna be sort of twelfth yeah. and probably second or third 250. Whereas Kitchen could start 30th and he might overtake five people. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's difficult. They're in a tough, <laughs> sticky situation. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I suppose it's a good problem to have, like, a lot of countries would love to have Mm. the talent America has. Like, even if you look down the list at someone like Hamaker, his riding's been super good, like podium speed. He's just had some incidents and crashes. But, yeah, getting back to the 450 class AP, good for him to finish on the box. And championship got third overall, a bit of an up-and-down season. He had that back injury around Red Bud, and, you know, he would still work some things out with the bike, you know, suspension-wise and shock-wise, just to get him a bit more comfortable. But... Yeah, He's always good to see him up there, good to see him on the podium. And I believe there was a photo of him circulating where he was throwing a dildo into the crowd. Did you see that yeah. one, mate?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I've seen it. It was sort of he was doing the interview, and I sort of just sat next to him. Um, okay. this he yeah, had this blue dildo with 100% sticker on it, and, uh, yeah, yeah. He just picked it up and just launched it back into the crowd. Um, it, yeah, it's the pit thing there. There was a comment under the picture which made me laugh more. It was just uh. Someone said, "Look at the, look at the hand position and the curl on that. That's a that's a man that's thrown a dildo before." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good, but um, yeah, good, good year overall for AP Supercross and Motocross. Um, so, yeah, had that win ripped away from him. Um, in one of the, the one of the final rounds of the Supercross. Um. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Obviously, he's ended that <clears throat> second, like. Well, he's in second overall in the SMX standings. So going into the playoffs with twenty-two points, I think it is. Um, Chase is Chase is first, and then Jets managed to get third. Some somehow by miss by missing the whole of fourteen supercross and then just doing the outdoors. He's still third. Yeah. Um So yeah, only. Um, Five points adrift of Sexton, which I think he'd be more than happy with. Uh, yeah, I hope. Uh, obviously, Frandis had that crash at the start of the second row, though. Bit of a, well, that was a big one, wasn't it? He one. held his arm, yeah. Too. That I thought, a, oh no, yeah, real brutal, hard, sort of fast crash. Um, so hopefully, he's he's gonna be okay for those final SMX rounds. Um, so I feel like he was sort of. Just starting to get back into a bit of a form. So it'd be a shame if he's uh, injured himself. Just as he started to get going again. But yeah, I think so Adam low solid year, obviously had sort of got some nerve issues with his with his hand or his wrist. So I think he's just happy to basically done done the year, like had a solid year. Um yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I'm guessing Roxanne are doing the SMX. They don't clash with any of the WSX.
0: Uh yeah, there's been a bit of turmoil uh, about that with some more rumors about dates getting cancelled and stuff. And yeah. I guess that he probably knew that he might have done a couple more of these outdoor rounds just to keep active, you know, to keep get that bike and competitive time going. But yeah, I wanted to just quickly, we sort of skipped over Sexton just that he was pushing lawrence but he's riding so good isn't it like any other day he's winning that isn't it it's like I'm a bit sort of sorry for him in a way because he's pushing so hard riding so well getting to within you know a second in one of those motos he definitely got holed up by the lapper pretty badly didn't he? he was just carry He got it to under one and a half seconds i think and yeah he got held up for like three or four corners and yeah you give that yeah. you let jet take it and he'll just take that onus and, and streak away from your mate but yeah just Little bit on sex until we sort of glossed over him because you can't sort of knock his effort and hustle and he's not cheating anyone but his work rates there and he, he'll be ready to probably get that sort of number one plate uh, on the Supercross season. He'll be ready to flex that out and definitely finish the season strong in SMX too, won't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think he um <clears throat> he is going to be kind of a thorn in Jet's side. I think in the like over the next sort of five or six years, sort of Tomac. By like next year's probably gonna be the last year. Um, Cooper Webb probably doesn't isn't probably gonna have many years left, and he's never sort of really proved himself outdoors on the 450. Um <clears throat> and I think Sexton and Jet are kind of gonna just take the supercross thing to a whole new level um in the next couple of years, kind of like sort of Carmichael and Reed, really. Um I think Reed's gonna end up being the sexton rather than uh Carmichael. Um which is which is it's just unfortunate timing for sexton because yeah. yeah you you take Jet out of the equation and he's probably gonna win the next five or six titles. Um but the same with sort of Reed you take Carmichael out of the equation and he's got way more than two supercross championships. Same with Wyndham and Carmichael and yeah. Yeah, just um, unfortunate timing on Chase's part, <laughs> to be fair. Um, anyway, you know, he could, he could prove everyone wrong and jump on the KTM and it might give him that other gear um, to beat Jet, but, I mean, like I said, Jet's literally just moved to the 450. He's only going to get better and stronger, mentally stronger, um, but... Yeah, I mean you can't take anything away from Chase. The effort, he's out there giving it a hundred percent every single time, right down to the final flag of the year. Um didn't let it once didn't roll over. Um <clears throat> probably made a few more grey hairs in the Honda Camp in the last moto, trying almost taking away the, the undefeated season. But I mean he's he's racing as much as he's on a team in individual sport. And uh, race, yeah, someone going 22-0 and 0 doesn't look good for the
0: other 39 on the gate. Yeah, um, well yeah. said. Yeah, AC was saying that on his podcast. It's like I was one of those guys that he's gone 22-0 and 0 on, you know. It's not really a great look, but you sort of can't take away from yeah. what he's done because it's nothing short of impressive. And, yeah, with Sexton, obviously he is the number one guy on the team and it kind of works out well that he's going to KTM, I guess, to be the number one guy there with Cooper Webb leaving the star Yamaha and, you know, it's looking like they're both going to have good teams, but probably a bit more sort of, you know, better environments under the awnings because, you know, jet and chase probably next year would be a pretty stressful environment if they were both there. So it looks like the teams are sort of, the stars are spread out over some nice teams now. So it should be, they'll be ready for battle, you know, come next year for sure. And, just wanted to sort of get your thoughts on are you excited for the smx stuff mate you're obviously pushing it pretty hard with this whole playoffs thing and the format's a little bit strange the way it sort of is but it's cool it's exciting to have more races i suppose it's strange this time of year usually everyone's sort of in the off-season mode just got the nations and a few guys from each team sort of do that and the, the support staff and but yeah the whole industry there is still going again and It's sort of prolonging it, more money for the riders and teams, which is pretty cool in that aspect, I guess. But yeah, it's a bit of a funny sort of way it ends the season, isn't it, mate? It's The momentum sort of gathers, then it stops, and then it picks up again. And then people, like for the average fan, it's probably quite confusing the way the points run and all these guys are in you out. It's cool, but I think they just need to maybe fine-tune it, which is obviously it's only the first year, so that'll happen, I guess. Let it play out and see where they can go. But are you excited, mate, do you sort of feel a... Larlin, and you're yeah. excited again when it kicks off.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm all for more racing, um, and obviously, the guys are getting some real good money from it, which is nice. Um, like a lot of the riders, sort of, down towards the tail end of the pack, like, like even like your Phil your Kevin Marans, um, Justin Starling. Like they're putting a lot of, a lot of their own money into it. Um, so it's good to sort of see they they're, they're going to sort of reap. The benefits from that um, but yeah I th- I'm all for more racing it kind of sort of seems like a Monster Cup series type thing but I'm kind of getting sort of that vibe from it um, whether it turns out to be that or not I don't know but it'll be interesting to see if there's a, a big deal made for the champion of this as there is sort of like the champion of the Supercross mm-hmm. um, and the champion of the Motocross, and if the riders look at is a big deal as well, because um, <clears throat> yeah, whilst I don't understand what the deal is with the number one plate. Do you get to yeah. run it all year if you win this, or is it like? It's a funny color, how they like call like the, the guys that thing? have won.
0: They call them Super Motocross Champions, so it gets a bit confusing. Is like where do you, mm. sort of, which sort of category does each title go in? Doesn't exactly. it
1: exactly? Yeah. So yeah, do you, yeah is like a different color number one. You get some. You get a. Yellow jersey the year after, or yeah, (laughs) like it'd be interesting to see what happens the year after as well as to how the whole thing happens the first time around. Um, because obviously, that back in the 80s, I think when they had sort of like the grand national champion as well, and then they had like the yellow number one with the blue plate for the whole year, and then there was two number ones in. It was very confusing for the fans. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that happens. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, more racing, more is, like, good for the fans, good for the sport. It's a, it's a new format. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, it'd just be
0: cool to see it, how it plays out, how the format works, how it all sort of, you know, comes together, because it should be... You know, if he's just in isolation, the racing is going to be great. So many heavy hitters will be ready. And maybe yeah. someone like Christian Craig might be, you know, touch and go whether he makes it. So that would be pretty cool to have him throwing it in the mix if that's possible. So, but yeah, just a couple more sort of standout guys from 450 motocross like Garrett Marchbanks, great season, you know, that 450 class looking really good. Apparently he's going back to a 250 for supercross, which is probably, you know, maybe some people question that, but that's obviously what he feels comfortable on. He was saying so, but, yeah, getting another sixth overall. He's had a great year alongside Masterpool, who actually missed this one with appendicitis, mm. which I think they, okay. you know, on race day, that was, you know, he had a bit of pain and then he still did a couple of the sessions and it was pretty fast in the top 10 and stuff. But, yeah, eventually I had to go to hospital. That must be very painful. So something like that yeah. might put him out of SMX, I'd assume, because that's a decent recovery time getting that done and there's not much time to recover. So I might not see him in Yeah. A- yeah, it was cool to see Dylan Wright, Canadian champion, just a machine, mm-hmm. a really great rider. We've seen him in MXGP before. Yeah, he was mixing it up there in the top 10 with Nicoletti and Coolis, you know, that's the end of his American trip. For now, I think he might even be on the cusp of SMX, they were saying. so, But he's done really well, flown the flag for his country and I guess British motocross the series there and his team doing what he does and, you know, he's, he listen to him speak. He's so happy to be there and really intelligent, calculated measure rider who gets great starts, isn't he, mate? So a man you know well, but yeah, just touch on a couple of those guys, some really great performances to sort of give us some other subplots from Jet just dominating.
1: Yeah, obviously, um, Harry Kula, sort of British Championship rider, has had some really good results in his last three rounds. Um, I'm not sure what happened in the second race, but he was sort of down, sort of outside the points. He's actually... Nine no eighteen points off of 30, which would put them in the uh in the SMX, you'd have to go through the LCQ, but that would put them in there. But there is riders in already in the top 30 that are not doing it, like Benny Bloss, um, like uh Eli Tomac.
0: Yeah, a couple um, of injured ones in there too, I'd imagine. Yeah,
1: there's people in there that are yeah, obviously not gonna do it. Um So it'd be interesting to see if he maybe sneaks his way in, if he decided to do it. Um, Yeah, like, they're supposed to be like, it's a hybrid track, apparently. It doesn't really look like a hybrid track to me, just sort of looks like a bit of a fast supercross track. I've always said, if you want to make a proper hybrid track, you've got to go to an outdoor track and build a bit like a supercross bit in the infield or something. Like you go to Glenhell and you do half a lap and then you go down to the flat bit and you do 30 seconds of a supercross track or something. But obviously it doesn't have the same sort of vibe. You're not in a stadium. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only way I can see you having a, like a proper 50-50 supercross motocross track. Whereas this just kind of, yeah, it looks basically like a monster cup, just a fast pace sort of easy rhythms minimal whoops um that sort of thing so yeah i think i think yeah i think riders like bootron um Kulas, you know sort of like the europeans that have just come over for the the motor crossing and will struggle if they do it just because they don't have a race supercross um And yeah, a lot of the guys were but, saying they'll
0: be using the Supercross suspension as a base and then going from there making adjustments. Yeah. That sort of sums it up. So for those European guys, it'd probably be a bit of a change. But someone like Coolis actually has a bit of Supercross experience and knowledge of riding it as well. So he might be a cool option, he was saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think if you've got the option to do it, even just try it, there's, there's a good money out for grab. So yeah. like things could fall you way, and you could, you could end up walking away with sort of 30, 40 grand. Um, which for a rider like Harry Kulas is a lot of money. Um, I mean I'm not sure what he's what he gets over in England, but if it's anything to go from like the rest of the paddock, he's not he's not retiring after this year for sure. So yeah, that forty, thirty grand or whatever he can get is um will make a big sort of impact in like in like the coming years for him racing. Um but yeah, obviously there's a lot of riders that Are sort of on that cusp of like they're gonna have to go through the LCQ, like Craig's 22nd, he's gonna have to fight his way through an LCQ each week. Uh same with Justin Starlin, Joey Savacci, Phil Nicoletti there. And yeah, but like you said, March Banks, um, he's had a good outdoor season. He's he's like got himself off the better team. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, he'll probably drop down to the two fifty for Supercross. I think Phil Nicoletti, his teammate, is going to do the same thing. He'll drop down to the two fifty. I think just the two fifty Supercross is sort of a little bit. It's less taxing. There's less rounds. Obviously, the depth is not as harsh. Yeah, um, as the four fifty, like we said earlier, the 450 class is just absolutely brutal. Yeah. Um, he like probably feels that he's like, in
0: with a chance of getting some really good podiums and maybe, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: that's it. Like, you like a rider like March Bank is capable, like, he's one day a supercross before he's had podiums. Like, chances are he's probably going to earn more money having yeah. eight solid rounds in the 250 than what he will slogging it out for 17 rounds. Mm. Maybe LCQs, like, baby, of, like, half of them, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm finishing fifth in the Supercross. 250 looks a lot better than winning the LCQ every week in the 450. So, yeah, it's I can totally see why riders do the 450 on the outdoors and then drop back to the 250 Supercross.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting, mate. It gives us another layer to sort of look into. There's just so much going on with those points changing every three seconds and... How quickly they're updated. You're sort of always refreshing. But no, you suppose you've got to give him a lot of credit, March Banks, to get six in outdoors. It's pretty impressive, mate, even though the field's been decimated. But if you only get one more chance to do that again in your career, you definitely take it. And, you know, Masterpool, seventh, Noran eighth. Anderson got ninth, came back at the uh, at the end there and put in some good rides. And Harlan, tenth, that's a pretty cool achievement for him after having a good Supercross year. Boutron, eleven, Nicoletti, 13th, even LaCursio drake 14th and 15th so it's pretty cool to see mate but yeah onto the 250 class quickly hunter lawrence got the job done mate obviously him and cooper got very terrible starts in that first one especially cooper so that sort of ruined it for him but yeah hunter just managed it and awesome achievement he's been through a lot of adversity not just this season but throughout his career with a lot of injuries and i guess being in the shadow of his younger brother which is something you don't always say but no, he got there in the end made it a memorable day for the family and just a uh, yeah, testament to all his hard work and dedication and pretty cool to see it paying off for him. And, yeah, it's kind of funny seeing him riding around that second moto. They mentioned he might not even race it. So, yeah, he was just, you know, probably in a bit of a strange mindset, pretty emotional thing to be doing and just letting it play out and just cruising to that 10th around there. So, mate, great day for him. And Joe Shimoda, you mentioned it last week, how he sort of shines when the pressure's off, but that was a really impressive ride, really smooth, calculated, precise, pushed when he had to. Got all his corners nice, piecing together sections well. But like you said, it would have been nice to see it early in the season, even though he did start the season reasonably well. So hopefully yeah. we can see him really pick up and he should be a massive contender for Supercross, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I think, Um, I mean, we know Joe Schmo's got the speed and the talent to, to win the races. Uh, like we've seen it before. So hopefully going to Honda next year, sort of working with Jet and Hunter on the 450s with Johnny Amara, it was sort of <clears throat> get him in a sort of a stronger mindset to uh, sort of handle the pressure of being the guy a little bit more. Hopefully, um, but yeah, Hunter. I think as soon as he saw Cooper down on that second turn, it sort of it was just sort of like a bring it home mentality. Like, don't do anything stupid. You could see he was in no rush to sort of pass people. If anyone was getting remotely near him, he just sort of backed it off, waited for like. The right time to pass, uh, and yeah, I think yeah in the second moto, I think it was <clears throat> just I imagine he was just mentally drained, just the emotions, and probably just literally just rode the race on muscle memory, just <laughs> just riding around, sort of keeping it, keeping it at a decent pace, and sort of doing his thing. There's nothing too risky. He wasn't in it for the overall anyway. Championship's wrapped up. Just yeah go out there, don't embarrass yourself, just bring it home, ninth, 10th, whatever, yeah, but, yeah, fair play to him, I don't think you can, he's been the best 250 rider all year, Supercross and Motocross, I don't think you can say anything any different, Um, and yeah, you sort of, yeah, like you said, sort of, in that shadow of Jet, but Hunter's sort of paved the way for Jet to get to where he is now, Hunter's sort of run, so I uh, hadn't sort of walked or jet can run type thing. Yep. Um yeah. If you sort of go back and sort of look at some of the races in years past when hunters first comes to Europe in the EMX, like and you hear some of the stories that their dad tells about them just like literally living off like a can of tuna and a baguette, like literally budgeting things down to the nearest penny. Um yeah, or like literally uprooted their life in Australia, sort of chased his dream. And yeah, Hunter said like <clears throat> he's like there's been times where he's thought about just hanging it up. He had a lot of injuries when he first came to America. Um like shoulder injuries and things like that. But yeah, fair play to the fair play to him. He's persevered, sort of come back stronger and stronger each time. And yeah, now the, arguably the, the best two fifty rider in the world at the moment. And, yeah, we'll go to the 450 yeah. next year and probably do some damage there also. So
0: Yeah, yeah. capped off a great us, weekend it's... and season for the HRC boys. And I'm assuming at the yeah. Nations, we're guessing that it will be on a 250 for Australia, which will probably be his last proper race on a 250 for the foreseeable future. So definitely really good to have a strong 250 rider in that with the starts and just to get those positions. And, you know, we spoke in the past so much about the Australian team. It'll logically be Evans. If everything goes to plan, just logistically and because he's such a good rider. But if Hunter needed to move up to the 450 and you put someone like Ferris, Wilson, Todd Crawford, that would also be a great option. But yeah, there's also great options with Beaton, Tanti, Webster, all these guys. It'd be pretty cool to see when the Australian team announced as their squad, which will most likely be Evans. But yeah, just looking back to Deegan, mate, finished off a great season in fine style on the podium. So he's sort of surprised and sort of caught a lot of attention this year, obviously on and off the track. He's a big hit. They love him in America. He's probably the next big star of the sport, if he isn't already, the way he's been promoted and marketed. And he's got that little bit of edge, and he just wants to win, doesn't he? He's had, obviously, all the resources, and, you know, his dad's helped him so much to get to where he is. And, but, yeah, he just wants to win. He's He sort of doesn't take any shortcuts still because ride like that, it's, it's not an easy way to ride. He doesn't really ride the yeah. bike smoothly. He's all over the shop letting it hang out just – Absolutely on the seat of his pants all the time. Really exciting to watch. Great contrast, and obviously the Lawrence brothers and guys like Justin Cooper and Kitchen. There's so many cool styles in there. Doesn't really matter how you do it, as long as it, you know you're making it work. And he's super fast, and he doesn't give up. And he'll certainly be bringing the heat the next few years. And cool for Vial as well if we yeah. touch on him. Another guy that'll be looking towards that motocross the nations should be a really great asset on a track like that where he won at I believe last year in MX2. So. Watching him sort of come through the year, it's been a little bit up and down. I don't know if he'll be completely happy with it, but I suppose he stayed healthy pretty much the whole time, had a few mishaps, but got through it, had that win at Southwick, which, you know, really would have indicated his decision to come to America and made some good strides in Supercross, which is such a hard transition, essentially a different sport, you know, mate. So, yeah, I reckon he'd be pretty happy with that first full season. I think he ended up with sixth overall in the outdoor title, so... Pretty happy with him mate and just yeah just talk about him and Degan for us
1: yeah I think uh I mean I don't know if you've seen the jump Degan did yeah. I, um, just absolutely just unbelievable the size of the jump um but yeah so like love him I hate him I don't think you can take away the effort the kid puts in um yeah the way he rides must train his butt off so um <clears throat> yeah you can't deny the effort he's putting in um yeah you could say he's had it sort of handed to him his whole career with his dad being who he is which arguably has he's sort of had everything he's needed to get to where he has but he's also had to put the work in um you don't sort of luck into the results that he get in and like sort of like the ride that he put in yeah the ride that he yeah. put in it at Hugo. the setting the lap times like that on like the last few laps doesn't happen because you've had your held hand the whole way um that happens through a lot of hard work, a lot of training, a lot of hours on the bike. Um, but yeah, he's definitely <clears throat> probably the future of the two fifty class. Um, along with yeah, like possibly Kitchen, um, and uh, yeah, even Vial. Sort of, I think you, he's got to be pretty happy with the first sort of outdoor season. I don't think I don't think Roxon really did a, a great deal better than him in his first outdoor season. So. Um, if you compare it to that, you've sort of got pretty happy. I think Supercross, he probably is a little bit disappointed with some of the results. He sort of had the podium in the bag at the first his first attempt and sort of balls it up. And that is kind of <clears throat> just put him on the back foot back foot, then it seemed for the rest of the year. But um I think it's just uh just a bit more bike time, super well, sort of more gate drops in Supercross is needed, just to sort of get that. Comfortability in racing supercross Because obviously it's it's one thing Doing laps and laps at the practice track But another thing actually racing it Sort of doing the jumps and the rhythms In the middle of four other bikes But yeah I think <clears throat> first season in America Just to sort of do it all Healthy-ish You missed a couple races But overall Yeah, I, I, I think you should be happy with the way it's gone and sort of yeah, going into the nations, real shot at winning it on on home soil. Um, he'll be yeah back home, probably more comfortable. Um, yeah, yeah sort of yeah with him, Renault and Fabra, it's a real strong team. And um, yeah, probably it's probably I feel like it's going to come down to them in Australia, so it will it'll definitely be interesting. Nations is going to be good this year, I feel.
0: Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it closely for sure, mate. And, obviously, Cooper getting fourth overall on the day, not what he wanted. Probably was a really massive outside bet anyway. But, yeah, that start just ruined everything for him. But, yeah, he's a great rider. Another one that will be stepping up to the 450 as well. So that class is, you know, even more open now. But, yeah, pretty solid season. He just – bit of a missed opportunity for him – you know, the Lawrence brothers have probably cost him a couple of outdoor titles there, haven't they, mate? It just seems yeah. sad in a way the rider that good hasn't got a 250 outdoor title to his name because he's yeah. just so good, isn't he? He's just good on all the tracks, really great technique, really sort of smart rider as well. Good little competitive edge on him as well. But yeah, I guess, you know, your thoughts on him and also rider D, mate, how good were those starts?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, first on Justin Cooper. Um, yeah, he's a phenomenal rider just a scan like sexton just timed it a little bit wrong. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah obviously jet jet had that one, took that one away from him. Um I say took it away he, he messed up just as much as Jet took it away from him. So yeah. um but yeah you, you can't take away the his ability on the bike. Um <clears throat> also he showed he showed real good promise in the 450 class those supercross cross races he did he like Sort of up there in the mix, which is good to see. I was kind of concerned he might just sort of get swallowed up, and then after a year or two, just sort of fizzle out and be forgotten by But I don't think that's going to be the case. He looks he looks good on the 450, uh, and yeah, Roger D. The starts it starts have been impeccable. Just mm-hmm. so good out the gate, the speed is there. Um, yeah, I don't know if it is a fitness thing or if it's a mental thing, but. Yeah, it just seems to be the last sort of not even ten minutes, just sort of like the last seven to eight minutes of the race. Um, just yeah, fades or something happens, and he loses a lot of spots quickly. Um, but hopefully, yeah, he's obviously moved to the Gas Gas team, so yeah, maybe that will sort of be the change that he needs to sort of bring a couple of these couple of these races home he's been in position to win a few of them, but just, yeah, not executed. But, yeah, I think, <clears throat> obviously, he's still really young as well, still developing, still learning. So, yeah, the 250 class look, looks looks bright, I think, in over the next sort of three or four years.
0: Yeah, he's a great writer, definitely a lot of talent. It's just there's so much depth in that class. And, obviously, if you can get started, it's a massive... Help and showing those glimpses is definitely what impresses teams. And I suppose, you know, obviously Kitchens had a pretty solid year getting fifth overall, you know, had that nasty crash in that second moto there. But he's shown on many more occasions, you know, he's just what a talent he is and how bright the future is if he can piece it all together and just avoid those little mistakes. And obviously the key thing, like we say with him, is the starts. If he can get those starts consistently, he shows that he can run it and hold the speed You know He's done it against the likes of Hunter and Jet Lawrence the last couple of years, so he's got that elite level sort of potential, doesn't he? So it'll be really interesting to see how he plays out. Obviously, outdoors, he's just been great, and Supercross has been a bit up and down, but I'm sure he's getting there, and you can see last season. Another one that sort of had a strange season, Voland, you definitely would have expected more from him, and same with RJ Hampshire. They would have expected more from themselves, so yeah, obviously RJ will be on the Husky, but there's been a lot of chat about what will be happening with Voland next year, so... Yeah, just a lot of guys on the cusp there and injuries and just, you know, strange situations sort of, you know, ruin their seasons in a way. But yeah, Volans had those high-profile issues in Supercross, not making main. So definitely got all the talent in the world. He's a really good rider to watch. He's actually super skillful. So it'd be really good to see him sort of make a massive step next year, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think like the start of the outdoors, he was like on the cusp of that podium um sort of kind kind of cleaned out by a bat marker whilst he was in position for like a third or second overall, he was really strong. Yeah, and it yeah, it just doesn't um <clears throat> obviously very start dependent, but it seems like a lot of the guys in C V D classes are very start-dependent. Um yeah, supercross is a weird one because you can clearly ride Supercross well. Um, but yeah, just not sure what is that. With him not qualifying, but I think he's possibly going to PC next year. Uh, so yeah, Mitch ain't gonna take that at all. So <laughs> he'll be logging laps and laps and laps at the at the test track for sure. He'll be Mitch. Will be expecting him to sort of be battling for podiums at least in the supercross and being one of the guys in the outdoors. So, yeah, would be interesting to see if sort of, yeah, move in, moving away from KTM where he's pretty much spent all of his career um, to pro circuit, um, sort of alley frame, different team. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Obviously, his dad had a lot of success as well at PC. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that can sort of give him that next little step sort yep. of make him one of the top guys.
0: Did you interesting to hear uh, Mitch talking on the broadcast about how they made that step with the bike a few weeks ago with the starts mm. that will carry them forward. So they're definitely rocket ships. They were sort of beating the star bikes out of the gate, which you don't see too often.
1: Yeah, yeah, they've been, I think, I don't think it's been any secret. They've sort of really, the PC bikes, have, well, not just PC bikes, but the Kawasaki sort of been struggling the last sort of couple of years in the 250 class. It's not sort of been the powerhouse it once was. But, yeah, they sort of really seem to have upped it certainly the second half of this season, like um whereas before it was just sort of like a a sea of blue at the front. It seems like the last few rounds have sort of been the sea of green. A lot of like Ryder D, Shimoda, Faulkner, um, Seth, Pamaker have all been getting real good starts. Like at times they've all been in the top ten. Um yeah, it's good that sort of go into next year they've sort of really turned the corner with that 250 and sort of really got it working strong, sort of back to how they were In the sort of what it's like, sort of the year 2000 when the first four strokes came in, up until really 2014 2015.
0: Really, yeah, how bad was it to see Faulkner crash again? And obviously, it doesn't look like it's Mm -hmm. as severe as the other ones, but yeah, that was a real heart in the mouth moment, obviously, for him and everyone around him, and just the fans because he's been through so much, hasn't he? And you guys spoke to him recently. He's a really great bloke and he's got great opinions mm. and insight on the sport. And, you know, he should have multiple titles by now, many of us predicted. And it's just, yeah, the sport's brutal and he's sort of a case in point there. But hopefully he comes out. We even said that you wouldn't be that surprised if he came out and did some really great things in the SMX playoffs too.
1: Yeah, yeah, real nice guy. Um, super easy to chat to, like a real good interview as well. Like really sort of goes into depth his answers. Uh yeah, real nasty crash, sort of kind of similar to Ferrandus's, just happened really quickly, just sort of like a whip. Like just whipped into the ground. But yeah, I think um just some fucking bruises by sort of like the looks of it. Nothing nothing too serious is gonna keep him out of the SMX. But yeah, he's one that could sort of really do some damage um uh in the SMX. <clears throat> like he's sort of one of the few people to actually beat jet hit super gross in like the last couple of years, so um, yeah, the the talent's there. So hopefully he can sort of keep building. I now mean, he's back on the bike and, yeah, come a one or wherever we if he goes west or east, I think he's going to be he'll be one of the favourites, especially now that both Lawrence brothers have vacated the class. He's going to be looking to sort of fill that void at the top.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. And yeah, just before we wrap it up, just any final thoughts on any of the AMA racing or the SMX stuff to look forward to, mate? There's obviously going to be lots to talk about in the future with all those races and what they bring and how they play out. But should be a good one. And say, well, been pretty good. Uh, you know, you guys have been running the SMX show since the start of Supercross, so yeah, been great season both indoors and outdoors. Been some pretty good title fights during various stages of it. But yeah, we we'll just look forward to more. And I think next year should be even better. I reckon at least in terms of you know. To having a prolonged competitiveness in the outdoors, especially for a longer time, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I think um <clears throat> there's been sort of surprises in both class. I think Deegan is the obvious surprise in the 250 class. Don't think anyone expected him to sort of do the things he'd done in his rookie year. Um obviously you take Hunter's two DNFs out of it and it looks very different, the series. Um <clears throat> even if you just give him like an average of 40 points like from over those two motos. He he ends up sort of wrapping it up around early. But as it was, he, it sort of kept it interesting. Um, <clears throat> kept a few kept sort of Deegan and Cooper in, in the mix a little bit. But yeah. Um I don't think anyone was surprised that Hunter won the outdoors. Uh I think um with the four fifty glass as dull as it was. From the act, like sort of, and you look back, like Jet just won every race, but um, there was like a few heart in the mouth, heart in the mouth moments. Obviously, High Point, yeah, pretty big crash going like sort of in like a G out of one of the hills, um, lost the peak, but um, yeah, still managed to sort of get back on, rebound, still got the wind. Um, there was obviously Sexton caught him up, so within almost passing, within like short about seven inches at Unadilla. Um but yeah, it just seems like if your year is your year, um things just fall your way. But <clears throat> yeah, it's I think overall it's been a good year. It's been good racing. I mean some people don't like watching Jet whenever race but I could happily just sit and watch him on his own night front for 30 minutes, no problem. Just the things he does on the bike are just um I don't know if it's just me being a bit nerdy, but I can just watch it for 30 minutes yeah. plus two, no problem. It's um, yeah, joy to watch. But yeah, I think uh, I think people need better get used to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I reckon, mate. Yeah, it's like poetry in motion. It really is. You're seeing all the little things, all the subtleties, the nuances, the body position, the head position. Everything, mate, the lean angles, you know, what he does, it's even, you know, all the other lot of riders I've done podcasts with the saying he's like the, the guy there watching just to gain little insights and tips into what they can do even though it's much easier said than done because he makes it look easy but it's certainly not what he's doing mate so yeah but thanks again for joining us on this one mate and i'll give a shout out to the sponsors before we let you go ASU performance parts the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts from hardware and protection parts including skid plates and radiator braces to performance cooling parts including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits AS3 also have a huge range of brake clutch and gear levers all with different features and adjustability, check them out online at as3performance.co.uk. And obviously Kawasaki Motors UK are pleased to announce the arrival of the new KLX 140R range. The easy to ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 144cc engine plus suspension and push button electric start making for great trailblazers. The KLX 140R machines come in three different sizes, ranging from junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. The highly regarded KLX 140R range is ready and willing to add fun enjoyment in 2023 contact your local off-road dealership for more information all right Brad thanks for joining us mate all the best for the rest of the week and look forward to speaking yeah, to next cheers time Ed.
1: yeah cheers out uh, i guess there is a a few couple of weeks now until the SMX so
0: yeah. we might do a preview pod have- or something mate
1: yeah once they sort of hopefully they'll sort of check out a list of uh, who's in it and who's not in it um, but from what I've heard about the AMA, I doubt it. So, um, but fingers crossed, they sort of hopefully put some out, and we can uh, yeah do a little bit of a preview of that. So, yeah, see you, uh, see you all then.
0: No worries, mate. All the best. Look forward to speaking then.